I'd like to pay respects to the Wandry people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land I stand today. I pay respect to elders past and present and recognise the ongoing intergenerational trauma caused by colonisation. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. In the heat of Welcome to Loud, Angry and Not Sorry, where we talk about feminism and political systems. Um, my name's Leah and today I'm joined by Sam Castro. Hey, Leah. How are you going? I hate these bits. <laughs> hey, what's been going on? Like we haven't just been talking for the last like hour. Um, <laughs> so today we couldn't really figure out what we wanted to talk about today, which is not, not common for Sam and myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recovering from my latest COVID booster, so I'm a little bit blah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we haven't caught up for a drink for a while, so we're having boozy brunch. <laughs> And and we did make our way to talking about uh, thinking about some things we want to talk about today. Yeah. We've also made lots of notes of things to talk about in the future. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Um, but today we're going to be looking at Anthony Albanese's victory speech and just see, seeing what they've been up to and how they're going with those things that they said that they would be doing <laughs> yeah well you know considering he's uh been modeling and promoting rio tinto polo shirts recently mm. and I, can i just say i fucking hate polo shirts with a passion does my even, head in even bright yellow ones that like promote industry that is like destroying the people and planet <laughs> there's a special hatred <laughs> box in my heart for those ones. So yeah, seeing our uh, Prime Minister on television promoting First Nations cultural vandals, environmental vandals, human rights vandals, corporations is a, a whole other step for the Labour Party. By While promoting an, an Indigenous voice to Parliament, which is really like, it's really giving uh, was John Howard era Reconciliation Australia and then like in- implementing the Northern Territory intervention. Yes, or <laughs> saying that climate change is the greatest crisis of our times and then promoting one of the entities that has contributed most egregiously. <laughs> To the destruction. Maybe he's just doing that time-honoured tradition of Labor supporters, like, trying to change from within. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's secretly already employed by Rio. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just misunderstood. I I know. It's really interesting. We have the Labor Party leader, the Prime Minister of the country, not even bothering to cover up a Climate Vandals logo on his uh, top and then defending that and having his apparatchiks defend that. And then we have the Greens leader saying Australia should engage in absolute outright civil disobedience because the Labor Party will not stop approving coal and gas. Yeah. And then Dutton, the leader of the opposition, who has been a climate denier for freaking 15 years, a human rights abuser and probably the most ideologically fascist politician in the conservative right, is doing nothing but what he's been doing since he was a cop in Queensland and stirring racism and hatred and doubt over climate action just continuing to put this far-right ideology front and centre as if it's a legitimate opposition when actually the Labor Party is doing his work anyway. So he should just shut up. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Australia is in a point of existential crisis in terms of having a major party that actually represents environmental and social justice and human rights. 
framed democratic functioning society. So they're criminalizing us as protesters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really interested, Leah, to hear your rendition and reading of Elbow's victory speech. So we can do what they won't do and hold him accountable to the things he said in that speech. Yeah. It's amazing how um, when the Labor Party get in power, all those really vocal social justice warriors of of the Labor Party seem to go into hiding. Oh, except except for the CFMEU, (laughs) who are joining the chorus of just crazy what the hell is going on in the Labor Party and the union movement by choosing to die on the hill of striking for the right to go shoot animals in the bush. It's at the top of my list right now. I just wonder if it's less about like killing ducks and more about making sure that they can keep their firearms. Ah. I mean, yeah, maybe, but like. It sounds very Fisher and Shooter Party uh, kind of. But also, isn't it extraordinary? And and this really brings me back to the crisis that I'm having around trying to understand what is the credentialed political labour left and its affiliated unions, because not a single union as we have talked about before, has gone on strike for equal pay or childcare or any of the feminist agenda items, better pay for nurses, you know, childcare workers, all those things. But the CFMEU comes out and says they will strike so that they can go shoot ducks. Yeah, look, let's not pretend there's not misogyny at play, but it's wild because the CFMEU and the Australian Nurses Union, the ANMF, two of the biggest unions. So it doesn't make sense why the Nurses Federation doesn't actually make a fuss about it. Like I was never a member of the ANMF when I was a nurse. I was always Haksuit, which have been like incredible and so supportive. I'm like, you, you have the labour power. You, whenever nurses were talking about like wage cuts or uh, when they tried to have personal care assistants working in hospitals and any kind of sort of nurse patient ratio cuts, anything like that, there was a huge strike. Like, so why does the union not go? We've clearly got this this power. Why don't we fight for superannuation um, on maternity leave? And why don't we fight for flexible working hours? Like, it's absolutely wild. I don't it's, understand. It's <laughs> so wild. And look, I don't think anyone that's probably listening to this show would be in any doubt that over the years the Labor Party has moved more centre, even centre-right. It's been neoliberal, you know, embedded in the US war machine, uh, austerity measures, yada, yada, yada. We're not being like, oh, my God, we thought the Labor Party were truly the party of the left working class and how shocked we are that they failed. It's more just the absurdity Mm. and the hypocrisy And the clear moral, ethical, visionary crisis of the credentialed labour political apparatus that makes them indistinguishable and in some cases I even think more dishonest than the conservative side of politics. Yeah. Um, And so I guess we've decided to do a little elbow Labor Party assessment of where it started and what it looks like now. It's a performance appraisal. It's a performance review. (laughs) Yeah. Let's consider this an upward review process. (laughs) The KPIs. Yeah, yeah. Based on the stump speech from Victory Night. And then we're going to assess the incredible political power legislative waste of space that has occurred 
in the years since this uh, victory speech. So, Leo, how are we going to do this? Like, should I just be like, stop, we have to talk about this or? Just interrupt me whenever. Okay. It's the usual and I'll do the same to you. All right, cool. Why change a good thing? (laughs) So I will begin by reading his acknowledgement. So I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet. I pay my respects to their elder past, present and emerging. And on behalf of the Australian Labor Party, I commit to the Uluru Statement from the heart in full. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Stop. Okay, all right. (laughs) We're already stopping. (laughs) Did he not know whose country he was on? I'm not sure. Look, I want to benefit of the doubt him and say that just that's the last benefit of the doubt he gets. Uh, no, actually, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure that he did. I feel like this was more of a, a way of feeling like he was in everyone's lounge room. Right. Okay. Let's yeah. press. All right. I'm I'm not, I'm not in Aurora Nations or Wandry Country or I'm not. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. There. Wherever you are. Wherever you are, I am. I'm on everyone's <laughs> land. But also. Literally on everyone's yeah, land. And I'm drilling it, baby. But... Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to frack that bit. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I find that by not acknowledging the land that he's actually on defeats the purpose of acknowledging the traditional custodians. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Some of these um acknowledgements feel quite uncomfortable and disingenuous. But yeah, I feel like that's and then to go on to say that he commits <laughs> to the Uluru statement from the heart is just kind of like, well, can you like acknowledge like whose country you're on? I don't yeah. know. I'm, maybe I'm being unfair, but I, I feel like. All right. I mean, he might have been a bit pissed at this point as well. We don't know. Like, it's the end of the election night. Are we like. No, I think that, like, knowing whose land he's on is probably. Yeah. I, even drunk, I still know I'm on one true country. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. All right. Let's proceed with the content. What Elbow promised so called Australia. And I say to my fellow Australians, thank you for this extraordinary honour. Tonight, the Australian people have voted for change. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, I I shouldn't laugh. Do you want want to say something or can I keep going? No, continue, please. Can you do, yeah, no, don't do an accent, go. (laughs) I can't can't do accents. I can do a really bogan accent, but like that's just bogan and any accent when I'm not speaking like a bogan is a fake accent. Anyway. Okay, continue. What does he promise? (laughs) I am humbled by this victory and and I'm honoured to be given the opportunity to serve as the 31st Prime Minister of Australia. Mm. So, okay. So, look, I have, again, I feel uncomfortable. (laughs) You just acknowledge that we're on lands of traditional peoples. Whose land you're on, we don't know. Yeah. But now you are humbled by the victory of... Being in charge. Yeah, being in charge of a colonial system. Yeah. Um, But also commits to Uluru Statement from the heart and fall. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of work to be done in this area for those two things not to be in conflict, starting with, gee, I don't fucking know, decolonisation and ending the war on First Nations people. But, yeah, anyway... Come on, let's move forward. Um, My Labor team, my Labor team will work every day to bring Australians together and I will lead a government worthy of the people of Australia. A government courageous and hardworking and caring as the Australian people themselves. 
Oh my god, I don't know who that is more an indictment on, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, I just courageous and hardworking. It just I don't know, like immediately I just start thinking of um of gendered violence, of you know, police, of the systems that control and oppress people and the abuse that happens within a, a, mm, and courageous is such a weird word. Yes. Okay. Um earlier tonight, Scott Morrison called me to congratulate myself and the Labour party on our victory at the election scott very graciously wished me well and i thanked him for that and i wished him well <laughs> this is like a one of those kids books um, <laughs> spot went on an adventure <laughs> called him on the telephone i wish him well and i thank him for the service that he has given to our country as prime minister no like what the sweet holy up. fuck Yes, no, Elbow, no. I I thank Scott Morrison for doing nothing about Christian Porter. Like, that was super cool. Um, I really thanked him, like, for... uh, Gaslighting women on national television, threatening to shoot them. Yeah. For locking up refugees, for lying, like... Thanks. Thanks, Kobo. First mistake. First huge mistake outside of the acknowledgement of country. (laughs) Okay. Fuck you, Scott Morrison. I also want to acknowledge and thank Jenny Morrison and their two daughters for their sacrifice as well. Oh. What about Jen? What would Jenny do? What Uh, would Jen do? I mean, like, to be fair, she was the one that reminded Scott Morrison that, like, women have feelings. Yeah. Yeah, if they were your daughters. (laughs) Fuck you, Jenny. All right, let's go. My fellow Australians. All right. (laughs) It says a lot about our great country. Oh, I already don't like where this is going. Um, <laughs> it says a lot about our great country that a son of this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do we miss this on the night? Oh, I'm not <laughs> I don't think I even heard his speech. I'm pretty sure me and my, my we were just so excited that Alan Scott Morrison was out. out. Like, we were all just like, this is good. Like, yeah. the, the bench was low. Okay. <laughs> very low. Very low. Australians. It says a lot of <laughs> country that a son of a single mum who was a disability pensioner who grew up in public housing down the road in Camperdown can stand before you tonight and as Australia's Prime Minister. Fuck you, Elbow, using your mother, like, to give yourself street cred. You fucking dork. Thank you so much. Like, Albanese has just inspired the children of today that they too can increase fossil fuel use and consumption. (laughs) And do nothing about the refugee crisis. You two can ignore the cries of victim survivors of sexual violence. Like, you know, you can do this. His mother should be running the country then. She sounds like she's got the skills. The lived experience. He's just a fucking feminist washer. Yeah. I'm cool because my mum survived the horrendous system that previous governments, including the Labor Party, set up. Didn't they just recently do something to the single parents' payment? (laughs) Julia Gillard is really like... Oh, Julia uh, Gillard herself, but they've done something recently to like the parents' next payment or something. <laughs> I can't stand men who use the experience, often the traumatic, harsh, patriarchal, capitalistic fucking experiences of the women in their lives who have endured unending trauma and sacrifice to explain why they're as cool as they are. And that that is somehow seen through the male gaze as a compliment to the women 
because you created this cool, compassionate leader. Yeah. Like just thank your mother for being the person she was. Yeah. Don't then use that as your credential for being the person you are, except that she is her own person and congratulate her for being her own person. Yeah rather than using it to win the empathy of future voters and women in the country. Like, I, it's so manipulative in a really... It's so manipulative. ...sneaky, accepted form of women are honoured and rarefied as these saints, yeah. sex goddesses, mothers, because of the men that they create, not for surviving and thriving within an oppressive system. Our value is based on what we produce. Yeah. It's not based on her just being the person she is. It's based yeah. on her closeness and proximity to his success. Yeah. And I fucking hate that. And that her trauma and her pain. Was um, worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Elbo. This yeah. is a feminist deconstruction of yeah. you fucking piece of shit. There's also a single mum who was a disability pensioner. So if you knew how hard this was, you are now in a position where she changed. Yes. So you've got disability pensions, so the NDIS, which is completely inaccessible. Women, single mothers. Single parents. Housing. Yeah. Who grew up Uh, in public housing. So why are you trying to gut public housing and build more private social housing? Yeah, you fucker. All right, let's keep going. All right, because otherwise... Fuck you in the face. Anyway, <laughs> every parent wants more for the next generation than they had. We'll unpack that in a minute. My mother yeah. dreamt of a better life for me, and I hope that my journey in life inspires Australians to reach for the stars. Oh, my, like, everything I just said. Get your hand that. off it. Like, yeah. calm the fuck down, mate. You're a white cis het man. Yes. Like, let's not pretend that you weren't already, like, you know, halfway there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And also, again, the value of the mother is only reflected in the opportunity of the son. Like, that's some yeah, that's, that's some cool. Freudian fucking shit right there. That's some Mesopotamian shit. <laughs> um, Continue. Where are we? Every parent, yeah. Look, every parent wants more for the next generation. Like, to me, that's like like an economics-coded growth at any yes. We want our children to have more money, more success, more assets. And I'm like, I actually don't want that for my child. I'm thinking less about Isabel as an individual and more, I want more for the community. I want everyone in the community to have enough, not more, just sufficient. Yeah. I want more for my children, but not more money. I want Mm. them to have more free time, more joy, more, you know, experiences that, that truly make their life worthwhile not to own five properties yeah no i mean the labor party really are the party of landlords to a certain extent there is a lot of labor party people that own property and investment property the labor holdings and it's just like a an organization owned by labor and it's i mean i'm pretty sure the liberal party would do it as well oh yeah but for an organization that's supposed to be you know like working class and you know for the workers and for the people i don't know man (laughs) i don't think so Well, this is the thing about the Labor Party. They speak collectivism, but they operate under rugged neoliberal individualism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, continue. What else is what else is Elbow going to spit out of his mouth? I want Australia to continue to be a country that no matter where you live, who you worship, who you love, 
or what your last name is that places no restriction on your journey in life. My fellow Australians, I think that you've got the name by now. I think you've got that. What? What? I want Australia (laughs) to continue to be a country that no matter where you live, who you worship, who you love, or what your last name is, that places no restriction on your journey in life. Unless you're a refugee, unless you're a person of colour, unless you don't have permanent residence, like, fuck Unless you're a black kid, unless, you know, you are an Indigenous person living within a certain zone and you have to use one of those Indu cards or that's not an Indu card, they've renamed it. Because remember how they cancelled Indu card and then reinvented it as something else? Yeah. Uh, This is like aspirational elbow. It's just like it's not real elbow. It's what he thinks he thinks he is. Yeah. Anyway, let's go. Next. I know at the beginning of the campaign they said people didn't know me, but I reckon they've got it. I reckon we might. <laughs> I reckon we've got it, elbow. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> we got it. Yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're down. Okay. During this campaign, I'm assuming the election campaign, I have put forward a positive, clear plan. Did Labor have a plan um, for a better future for our country? And I have shared the two principles that will be a part of a government that I lead. What are those principles? I can't remember. I do remember like maybe two or three weeks before the election that um, that the Labor government actually released their policies. This was a big thing during the campaign is that Labor refused to release their policies for a really long time and their platform because they were worried that the the Liberal government would just um, attack it and undermine it. And I'm just like, okay, Snowflake, <laughs> like isn't that the point of the discussion? Yeah. So that we contest, yeah, yeah, contest ideas. Yeah, and shouldn't so... your ideas be able to like withhold straw man arguments that the LNP usually have? Well, this is the the problem with the Australian Parliament on both sides of politics, none of them understand free, fair and prior informed consent. Fuck, I wish I didn't laugh at that, but it's so true. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, like to make these decisions, you need to have like informed consent. You can't have anything done medically without informed consent. Exactly. Unless you are talking about whoever's going to lead our country, then we can just get like like hints bullshit <laughs> rhetoric and, and maybes and mm, we might, promo- we might promotional <laughs> attack ads and oh my God, yeah. yeah yeah okay all right fuck you elbow yeah, that's um okay so no one left behind because we should always look after the disadvantaged and the vulnerable but also no one held back because we should always support aspiration and opportunity. That is what my government will do. You see? No one left behind and no one held back. It's aspirational elbow. It's not reality elbow. No, no. Um, It's like the Labor Party cannot walk their talk. They are neoliberals pretending to be social justice warriors. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter how many times in how many different ways – they try to explain how fucking great they are. They vote with the Liberal Party in lockstep yeah. on all the things that leave people behind and oppress other sections of the community. Yeah. Like, look at their voting record. Yeah. Like, this is, ah, oh, the hypocrisy, the rhetoric, the moment in history that gets recorded and becomes the fucking story when the reality is these people are gaslighting us 
just as much as yeah. the Liberal Party. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Albo, I'm disliking him so much now already. Yeah. No, he's I've a- never heard this speech. And so this is a, actually a really good way to hear it because I'm just like not caught up in the moment with the spotlights yeah. and the music and the atmosphere. And yeah. it's just like in the cold, hard light of day and the reading of his words, he's a fucking hypocrite. Such a hypocrite. This paragraph as well, they cancel each other out. Yeah. Yeah. So you you can't actually like prioritize the privileged and he wants the aspirational capitalist pigs to feel like yeah that that is the marker of success but no one should be left behind which is the whole fucking bullshit about western neoliberal democracy yes the aspiration of equality is never reachable ever No. Well, I mean, equality to what? And this is, I suppose, like just to chuck it back to like feminist movements, like feminists, the the feminist waves fighting so hard for equality, but what they were fighting for was the equality to oppress without looking at, you know, class analysis, without um, assessing intersectionality. Like these things together are, are just are not possible because the people who need to give up their power because they literally shouldn't have it and need to share that power. Like, people are going to lose out a bit. Like, you know, landlords yeah. are going to have to have maybe only two homes instead of six. <laughs> oh, no. Like, but but when you come back to enough for everyone, like, what the fuck are you trying to say? Like, this says nothing to anyone. It's trying to coddle people and trying to make people feel nice and, like you said, aspirational. It's like just word salad of, yeah. like, the Australian dream. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a vibe there. I get the vibe he's going for, but, like, on a structural level, it means nothing. No. Okay, next one. That is the what, but okay, but the how is also just as important, question mark, because I want to bring Australians together. Like I just said, together to do what? To oppress and marginalize? To, yeah. to put kids in cages on Nauru? Like what 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 are we bring what are we coming together for? I want to seek our common purpose and promote unity and not fear. And optimism, not fear and division. It is what I have sought to do throughout my political life. And what I will bring to the leadership of our country is a show of strength to collaborate and work with people, not weaknesses. Oh, I know. This is. Uh, I know. I just vomit all over my. Who myself. wrote this? This is actually a really stupid speech. All right, keep going. Yeah, no, but what? But this bit, I'm just like the audacity of this man to think that he is inspirational. I know, right? He's he's like the beige of the beige yeah. of the ALP. I'm pretty sure his spine is like artificial. Like I yeah. don't think he's just like got like a coat hanger running up his back to hold him upright. <laughs> I want to find that common ground where together we can plant our dreams to unite around our shared love of this country, our shared faith of Australia's future, our shared values of fairness and opportunity and hard work and kindness to those in need. I mean, that is just fundamentally in contradiction with every opportunity the Labor Party have had to implement democratic and humanitarian policies rather than militarised law and order responses whether it's, oh, my God, this is just, like, blowing my mind. Kindness to those in need. 
how about we try raising the rate of unemployment payments above the poverty line? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> how about some uh-huh. material kindness? Because people <laughs> don't need your, your platitudes. Like people need like material aid and support. That's like, it. It's oh. all talk. There's no attempt to alter the structure in yeah. any way. And and also just this, this idea that somehow they are the kind, compassionate ones is such utter rubbish. Like oh, it's, 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 it's just bullshit. Oh, to where we can plant our dreams. Oh, buddy, 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 buddy. I've got something you can plant. Okay. <laughs> um, and I can promise all Australians this, no matter how you voted today, The government I will lead will respect every one of you every day and I'll seek to get your vote next time. Well, basically that means I'll cater to the racists and sexists when the election comes around. Yeah. And the mining industry and the billionaires and the Murdochs. Like that just means I promise you when election time comes, I will ignore you and run with the power players and the money holders. Fuck you, Elbow. I have no actual like leadership values. I will not lead based on principle or policy. I will lead on the populist. Yeah, I am a populist is what it says. Cool, cool, cool. Cool. Loving this. Anyway, this is. A man of the people. (laughs) It's the people of a country of racists. Anyway, (laughs) Um, we are the greatest country on our mind. (laughs) Sweet mother of God. (laughs) But we can have an even better future if we seize the opportunities that are right there in front of us. The opportunity to shape change rather than be shaped by it. And we can shape change more efficiently if we seek to you knowing people on that journey of change. Oh, that's just like really badly written. And he should fire whoever wrote this speech if he hasn't already. Fuck me. Seize the opportunities that are right there in front of you. Like what opportunities? Yeah, it is really badly written, isn't it? Let's just It's so badly written. Oh, you're not gonna like this one. (laughs) Together we can end the climate wars. Oh my god. There's a war? I just thought it was us against them. (laughs) (laughs) It was us against the planet. I don't think the planet's really oh, I don't know, maybe hurricanes and stuff, but also I'm just kind of I feel like that's self-defense at this stage. Um, Together we can take advantage of the opportunities for Australia to be a renewable energy superpower. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Together we can work in common interest with business and unions to drive productivity, lift wages and profits. Has Labor ever spoken about a just transition, like, you know, actually retraining people in renewable jobs? Yeah, they are talking about a transition, whether it's just, let alone feminist or... (laughs) Look, this goes back to a really old conversation we had around different framings from different parts of the movement and Exile's framing being about tell the truth, action now. Yeah. And Friends of the Earth and other parts of the climate justice movement being like the justice part matters Mm. because the justice part is where the structural change has to come. Yeah. Um, You know, not just around jobs for boys but the whole kit and caboodle of what a future under climate crisis looks like yeah, and and how we mitigate and strengthen communities to deal with the oncoming floods, fires, droughts, pandemics, etc. So it's probably a whole other podcast, but I really think that this is, you know, the Labor Party is talking about action and transition to renewable energy sector. And in some ways, the security of the Labor Party agreeing to at least move in that direction has enabled the sector to be reinvigorated in Australia. 
yeah. which the Liberal Party had destroyed like 80% of investment yeah. and, you know. So I'm not saying that's not a good thing, but the reality is, and and this is, you know, elbow wearing a Rio Tinto fucking T-shirt. Tanya Plebisek approving 17 mines this year already. Yeah. You know, the absolute gaslighting of the nation that gas is not a fossil fuel. Yes. The destruction of whale song lines, the fracking in Queensland, you know, the the onshore, offshore gas ending a moratorium in Victoria despite us winning a fracking ban that is in the Constitution. Yeah. You know, there, there is so much going on from state Labor governments and federal Labor gov- governments, which, by the way, as if they hadn't gamed this out before the election, you know, this is something they would have fucking agreed upon. And so they're trying to say we're acting on climate, but we're also propping up this industry where we're criminalising anyone that dissents or protests deforestation for mining or for fucking paper or wood, you know, like mm. we are criminalising the very people that care about whether this new pathway is forged in structural change mm. to make profits for the companies that our Prime Minister is advertising at, on national television. So what that says to me is that the Labour Party holds the wound that Kevin Rudd was knifed not only by Julia Gillard but taken down by the mining industry in this country. Yeah. And I think that that speaks to the power and the combination of force of Murdoch, Reinhardt's think tanks and that the the Labor Party is, it thinks it can walk this line. Yeah. But actually the population is done. Like Lismore is, is so close to being permanently wiped off the map you know, yeah. as a town. Yeah. And it will be it will be the town in Australia, I believe, that is the first town lost to climate change. Mm. I kind of think that there is the really menacing part of the position that Elbow is putting forward in his victory speech, but also the way the Labor Party has acted since, mm. is that they have no respect for the population that is actually trying to hold them accountable to his victory speech. None. We are the ones that are being criminalised for protesting for for a livable planet and humanitarian responses rather than militarised police law and order responses such as in Victoria and Tasmania and New South Wales towards climate protesters. So, yeah, what makes me really angry about this is that there are a bunch of political heads within the credentialed Labor left that are like, well, you know, politics is all about compromise and scheming and strategy and Jed Carney's whole spiel of, like, I'm going to change the party from within. Yeah. And really it's just fucking bullshit. The clock is ticking and half of these people won't be alive yeah to see what happens like yeah. fuck them yeah or they've got enough money to like flee to canada or wherever they need to yeah go. they'll have their yeah. little gated safe climate perfect bubble thing bubble yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. the climate wars get <clears throat> fucked it makes me so angry you know yeah. what they're talking about is people like me and my friends protecting old growth forests protecting oceans protecting urban spaces 
from the onslaught of capitalistic extractivism. Apparently, we are part of the war for defending ourselves and our futures. The war is actually with the right that have gaslit and deliberately misled the global community through their corporate relationships for over 50 years. There are millions of people and species that are going to die in the next 50 years as a direct consequence of the last 20 years of inaction. Yeah. Like that's just the bottom fucking line. Yeah. And to present it as a war rather than people fighting for their futures and their lives against the machinery of neoliberal capitalism and fascist ideologies. It's just like, oh, fuck. And I also, I I particularly hate how we've got ending the climate wars and then it goes into working with common interests with business. Business's interest is exploitation. Exactly. So it's it's this expectation that the neoliberal capitalist system can continue and we just change resource. Right. Yeah. And and this is just not how it's going to work. And capitalism is dead. The World Bank knows capitalism is dead. Like mm. there is no sustainable future with exponential growth. Yeah. And the fact that our leaders cannot say that out loud is a testament to the violence and oppression of the system that we live in. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Which goes into the next point. I want an economy that works for the people. The other way around. Fuck you. Together, we can, as a country, say that all of us, what? Together as a country, we can say that all of us, if the Fair Work Commission doesn't cut the wage of minimum aged workers, we can say that we welcome that absolutely together we can strengthen universal healthcare through Medicare. Oh, my God. Are you sure he wasn't drunk by this stage? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know what, what's going on here. I feel like I want to see the video version of this now. <laughs> All right. Minimum wage has increased. Um, Yeah. Okay. We can protect universal superannuation. <laughs> Both of us just went, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Universal childcare into that proud trend- tradition. Sorry, did he say free? Universal, no, un- no. no, just universal childcare uh-huh. into that proud tradition. Together we can fix the crisis in aged care. Together we can make forward equal opportunity for women a national economic and social priority. Together- oh, my God. Sorry, stop. I I was just looking up statistics for a work report yeah. around global inequality facts around women yep. yeah and there was a graph that showed how many years it would take countries to actually at its current rate close the gender gap basically pay gap, pay gap health like just okay, basic yeah, yeah. Just basic the- markers the least amount of time i think was western europe and that was 60 years and the most amount of time was 191 years yeah somewhere in africa so yeah together we can together Um, we can make women be able to access and pay for childcare. i love that we've got all this this paragraph is just looks like it's just women's issues oh okay cool let's go protecting universal superannuation superannuation needs to be paid when you're on maternity leave or when you're on carers leave yes exactly if you're on, I even think that like people who are on unemployment payments should be yep. receiving superannuation. I agree. Or I agree with like that. just not worry about superannuation altogether and just completely lift the aged pension to above the poverty line in line with what we've been calling for for unemployment payments. 
Yeah. Um, universal childcare. We have a whole episode on universal childcare, and universal childcare can be really <laughs> weaponized by capitalist systems yeah. in order to just breed workers, but also like children yeah. go into into the childcare, they get um, trained how to be a worker from a very young age. I mean, obviously this is very dystopian, but also probable. As soon as you're old enough to go into work, you go into work, you start earning, yeah. you start producing for capitalism, and then the, that whole system just keeps repeating. Push them back into the bedroom, making more babies yeah. for soldiers, for yeah. Yeah. economy. The reproduction and the production control of women is yeah. essential to the functioning of the current model of capitalism. Together we can fix the crisis of aged care. I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. Policymakers can do that yeah, yeah. with regulations. Like that's not on me, buddy. Like don't don't try and bring me into your problems. Like get fucked. Together we can make forward equal opportunity for women and national economic and social priority. We can. We could. Yeah, we totally yeah. could, maybe. If probs. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. I love that this is all just wedged into the one paragraph. Uh-huh. Like not every single one of these things is like worth yeah, it's not, it, none of it is integrated into a bigger, it's just like those sticky feminist issues. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like, you know, just <laughs> a broader systemic issue. This is just like women's things. This is just period talk. This is like um, someone went into the Google Doc and said you should probably put a paragraph around women's rights. Yeah, just chuck some sentences together. Together, <laughs> together we can and will establish a National Anti-Corruption Commission. I'm not sure why that's in there. That doesn't really fit, but... um, It's buried. She is buried deep in there. Together we can be a self-reliant, resilient nation, confident in our values and in our place in the world. This kind of sounds like a a report at the end of grade six. Yeah. (laughs) You can be confident in your values and in your place in the world. (laughs) And together we can embrace the Uluru Statement from the heart. Oh, see, it's just another word salad so that no one can actually latch on to what is actually said and have a a critical thought in the moment about it, right? Just buzzwords that you feel uncomfortable about maybe interrogating, yeah? Because it's like women's issues, it's like corruption, it's like First Nations people, it's like value. And it's like, but what, like, what does that what? mean? Yeah. What? What are you actually doing? What are you saying? You're just saying it exists essentially. Yeah. But together we, we can do this. Together maybe, we can Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, what what can we do to like fix <laughs> prices? Like what can I do? I don't know. Can some women come up with a plan? <laughs> yeah, there's never been a royal commission into into the treatment of people in aged care. Yeah, that's not that's not happened. Okay, so the next one. We can answer its patient, gracious call for a voice enshrined in our constitution. Because all of us ought to be proud that amongst our great multicultural society, we count the oldest living continuous culture in the world. And I acknowledge Australia's next Indigenous Affairs Minister. Linda Burney, who is here. Why yeah. are you wearing a Rio Tinto fucking polo shirt? Was you it Rio? fucking knob. Was it Rio Tinto that, that blew up? Yes. Fuck. That's, mm, okay. All right. Okay. I think we can just move on from that one. I don't know. I just, I think that's all things that we can be proud of, but we're not protecting um, our multicultural society, like refugees are offshore, 
um like people who come into this country from from other care about this is it, i feel like sometimes when we talk about multiculturalism and and how good it is we're talking about how um other cultures have assimilated as opposed to yes uh, we've actually embraced them as individual and different cultures yeah yeah i just have to come back to rio tinto and albo yeah. how it started and how it's going he says this in his victory speech, respecting yeah. the oldest continuous culture on this planet that we know about. Yeah. And here he is last week, Rio Tinto, ugly ass yellow polo shirt, the very company that basically got away with blowing up cultural heritage sites. Yeah. For, for mining, for the fossil fuel industry that he says He's going to end the climate wars and deal with, like, I just really understand why people in their teens and 20s are so incredibly disappointed Mm. in the political party system because they have grown up with more information than you and I could ever dream of and they have this analysis and understanding of the world. And men like Elbow are operating in a baby boomer framework that you can just keep spinning that and control the media and the public will therefore follow the perception. But what they have from really from Gen X on, from their first offspring on, are just generations of people that have been sold out of the housing system, the economic systems, the education systems, you know, the social services systems, et cetera, et cetera. Now the planet is burning. You know, what the fuck is the point of it all? And I just think that this is just such a perfect example of his words in the victory speech compared to what he's actually doing now really tells voters everything they need to know about how deeply he values the words respecting the oldest living culture well exactly but then you go all right cool so not labor then who exactly the greens like as as a better next step but i mean there's still it's still electoral politics it's still populist like who's to who's to say that when the greens get in then they're not going to face the same kind of pressure oh they will absolutely it's not about like this person is worse than this person this person is better than this. it's about the system it's about the structure and the system of how how we do representational politics as opposed to a more participatory direct democracy. It's about understanding that the system set up by a bunch of colonisers from a bunch of feudal lords to get this crazy Westminster system, which, you know, compared to other parts of the world, yes, it it works reasonably well as in a functioning system of democratic process. as representational politic goes. The reality is the whole original system is built on class and colonisation and a whole heap of things. And the way that the structure works is actually to bypass the people and force politicians to focus on stakeholders of power and money. That is how we've made bad choice after bad choice for the last 100 years around the future of our economic systems and structures and societies, etc. Yeah. And all the things that we have achieved within that system have required generational sacrifice from activists and organizers to obtain, so much so that we rarefy them as the eight-hour day and the yada yada yada, you know, because they're like these rare achievements. It's a symptom and it doesn't address 
the absolute need for structural reform to the representational system. So, like, who the fuck is going to do that? I do wonder if it's going to take a complete system collapse. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, and you and I have spoken about this, I was really hoping that COVID would really shift perspectives Mm -hmm. and actually, like, there might be some movements that come out of that. Yeah. I think our greatest hope for the electoral Mm. system and structure in Australia at the moment is that at the next election, people vote for, you know, social justice and environmental independent alliances Mm -hmm. and that we decrease the power of both major parties through Greens and independent alliances or or left-leaning socialist parties or whatever Mm -hmm. because the Labor Party has already demonstrated that even when they have a huge majority and swing across the entire country at federal and state levels, they refuse to actually act in a bold, truly structural reformist manner yeah yeah Yeah, definitely yeah they like the power they always keep so depressing they always keep the liberal party policies that they rail against in opposition they always keep them yeah okay oh my fellow australians no one gets here by themselves and I wouldn't be standing here tonight without the support, hard work, and belief of so many people. To my palm, pal- <laughs> to my parmesanas, to my chicken parmesanas, to my <laughs> parliamentary team, Deputy <laughs> Richard Miles, to my senior. Fuck Lip- you, Richard Miles! <laughs> you, you warmongering arms manufacturing, nuclear arming, US bitch dog of the Asia Pacific region. Fuck you, Miles. You have you have shown your face and it is ugly. You ugly. Um, my Senate leader, Penny Wong, to my terrific, terrific economics team led by Jim Chalmers, Eddie <laughs> Gallagher. Oh, Penny. Look, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Penny is the Julie Bishop of the Labor Party. Yeah. Penny Penny is involved in all the shitty fucking decisions but somehow manages to avoid the spotlight, the focus, the backlash, just sails through, yeah? Mm-hmm. Same as Julie Bishop in the Liberal Party. Like I really think Penny and Julie are very similar archetypes within the political party system and they they cop none of the backlash they get all of the kudos for being smart intelligent good at what they do yeah but but their responsibility for bad decisions seems to just fly under the radar yeah okay on monday morning arrangements are in place to have these people sworn in as members okay cool uh, to enable Penny and I to attend the important Quad Leaders meeting in Tokyo and with President Biden and Minister Kishida and Prime Minister Modi. And I want the leaders of the economic team to start work on Monday morning as well. Okay, no rest for the wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone on. I'm off to Tokyo, though, and I'm going to go hang out with President Biden and his aviators. Okay. I want to thank my shadow ministry and my amazing caucus members, including the people who were here tonight at this joint function in the corner of our seats, including Tony Burke, who is here. I want to thank all of our Labor candidates and I want to thank those who have worked so hard for this victory. Oh, God. We stand on your shoulders. 
most rank and file members of the Labor Party will never ask for anything. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> they lock on doors. They make calls. They work so hard. Yeah, they do that for nothing. Not because you're going to give them kickbacks. Anyway, they hand out how to vote. They push the cause of Labor at the local PNC. What is the cause? The cause is to get Elbow elected yeah. um, and to, to maintain positions of power. The local kids' footy, the local netball, when they're shopping, oh, my God, Labour voters sound annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, stalk I just watch my kid play footy. Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop stalking us, Labour. Oh, wow. I think each and every one of the true believers of the Australia Labour Party, all right, we're sliding into cult. Oh, fuck. I proudly thank the members of the mighty trade union movement. Ah! The trade union movement that um, Bob Hawke gutted, that yeah. one, that yeah. Labor actually destroyed. The Toothless Tigers. Yeah. Here to stay. Here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about the CFMEU in a minute. Oh, we sure do. Anyway, um, I do want to thank my campaign director, our amazing National Secretary, Paul Erickson, and his blah, 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 thank, 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 campaign, Helen Rogers, thank you very much. Uh, but to all those, and I'm not going to name them because there's too many, I didn't even want to name the ones that you already named, uh, there's lots of people <laughs> who believed in me and backed me over the decades in this great moment. So this is where he could have thanked his mum. Exactly. Just, You're an amazing woman. Yeah. yeah. I learned from you. Yeah. But no, no, we're going to thank all the people that paid for him to get here, whatever. I said I've been underestimated my whole, yeah, the, the cis hat white man's been underestimated. Oh, oh. smallest violin. Oh. Fuck me. I've also been lifted by others who saw something in me. It was because I was very malleable. <laughs> encouraged me on this journey. Fuck He's it. so encouraged by those multi-million dollar <laughs> backers and corporations. Like they really made him feel like he was important. Mm, I feel like I could really do something here. I've, I, I Yeah. I did that. I was the one that made everyone believe that Labor was different to Liberal and that this was actually a good move. You know what happened? Elbow ate the lotus flower. You're going to have to explain this. I don't know what you mean. Ulysses, like he... He went to the island. Oh. He ate the lotus flower. Everything was perfect. He suddenly saw what he could be because he was given money and access because he's a white. Yeah. And and tell himself he was doing good. And, you know, he ate the Rio Tinto lotus flower. Um, Parents were whereas, what and I'm I pledge about. the Australian people here tonight, I am not to occupy. Oh, fuck off. Okay. And I pledge to the Australian people here tonight, I am here not to occupy the space to make a positive difference each and every day. I mean, honestly, if he wanted to go out in with a victory speech bang that wasn't centred in ego and kickback and bullshit rhetoric, I mean, he could have said, I'm so grateful that we won, we did this together, I want you to hear from the people that are going to be in my cabinet, five minutes for Tanya, five minutes, it's a joint effort, like, decentered himself. You're like the little dork kid yes. that finally gets to go, look what I did, riding on the back of being some sort of single mum feminist woke male that is actually a white boy that has it a quadrillion times better even when you're poor than women people of colour, First Nations people, immigrants, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he may have just scraped through with a free education. He might be on the border of Boomer Gen X. 
I just feel like he's taking lived experiences of, of his mother and of the class that he was in, but he's ignoring all the compounding elements that have led him to be in a position yeah. to fucking speak rubbish in his victory speech and then act like the very people that oppressed him, he could have decided to not be the monster. Yeah. But, but he's playing the game and it, okay. what else? And to the amazing diverse people of Grey, Graindler, is that where he's from? Yeah. Grandler. Um, All politics is local. It's not true. And in 1996, there were various people who wrote off the chances of Labor holding onto that seat. This is my 10th election. I want to say thank you for placing your faith in me. It's an absolute honour to be your voice in our national parliament. Okay. And to my partner, Jody, thank you for coming into my life and sharing the journey. Jody's the girlfriend. And yeah. to my proudest achievement, my son, Nathan, thank you, mate, for your love and your support. Your mother, who's here tonight, Carmel, we are both so proud of the caring, wonderful, smart young man. Okay, this has become a birthday speech. Yeah. Uh, and to to my mum, who's beaming down on us, uh, thank you for mostly giving me um, campaign slogans and talking points. And I <laughs> there are families in public housing watching this tonight. Because I want every parent to be able to tell their children, no matter where you live or where you come from in Australia, the the doors of opportunity are open to us all. Um, that but not that we're going to give you housing. Yeah, like this is this is really interesting because this is similar to the academic um, argument that was put forward by a lot of black academics when Obama came to power. And there was this sense that it was this, sure, historic occasion, black president, but a lot of black academics at the time were saying Obama's rise serves to only further the divide between truly oppressed working class black people and the aspirational middle class black community of America that aspire to be successful through wealth and material acquisition, right? And that Obama went to Harvard, hung out with like wealthy people, yada, yada, yada. This has a similar feel to me of like, take this as it doesn't matter where you can, where you come from, you can become it. But actually this only serves to further divide because this is not, this is not the everyday experience of people that grow up in public housing. It's certainly not what the, the research shows. If you just know all the right people and make all the right moves and you're white cishet dude yeah you might be me but bullshit bullshit yeah yeah what are you doing to make that possible no what you're doing is actually the same thing you're widening the divide yeah absolute bullshit it's that liberal like a right wing pull yourself up by the bootstraps it harks back to what i said earlier that the labor party win elections on this idea of collectivism and and working class and social and environmental human rights but they operate under the neoliberal rugged individualism that does say that which is also in line I might add with Scott Morrison's fundamental Christian you haven't pulled yourself up you haven't served God enough Mm. like it's the it's the flip side of the same neoliberal argument guised as religion or ideology that that says it's not the structure that is the problem it's your capacity to work hard everyone has opportunity if you don't make the most of it then if you're poor it's your problem 
The same thing that says, well, Australia is one country, even if we are one of the biggest exporters of a whole heap of fossil fuels in the world, it's not our problem, right? right? It's just this really emotionally immature, intellectually lazy analysis of how to deal with where we're at as a society and ultimately individual acts don't cut it when you are in a collective crisis yeah and and so to to put forward a a, a rhetorical agenda of being representative of the hope for the future and continue and actually in some ways escalate and add to the harm through your policies whether it's refugees climate national security law and order democratic protest rights abortion right you know healthcare we can just go on it it really is the same shit different government and his victory speech in a reflective process like this discussion it just reveals how disappointing the political power elite in this country are. They have no capacity to hold moral, ethical or visionary pathways for the future of our society outside the neoliberal framework. Malcolm Fraser was right. I met with Malcolm Fraser a couple of years before he died. I said to him, crisis, state of the world, what do you think we should do? And he said to me, I shit you fucking not. He said, the people need to take control of the Senate away from both sides of politics Mm -hmm. and they need to start with Victoria and expand out from there and take the Senate seats. Yeah. This was a liberal prime minister who did some fuck things but had some really quite profoundly transformative positions around refugee policy later in life. Yeah. Um, and I was just completely shocked. I, I'm really glad I had that moment with him. Yeah. And and I think he's absolutely right. And really what he was pointing to is that the structure and the ideologically bound and political agendas of the dominant parties in this country, uh, and and really you could say this for a, a large part of the world, in this neoliberal fossil fuel era, have failed to provide a vision and a pathway for the future that doesn't trap us in the same oppressive structures and systems. Yeah. They don't they can't speak it because they have no fucking idea is what I'm concluding. The structure is not equipped and our politicians are not equipped for the crises that we are facing yeah. as I a mean, planet. It really speaks to what motivates someone to take on the position of MP or Prime Minister or why do people want to put themselves forward for this position? Is it for the yeah. good or is it for the for the status and the power? No, I think we know that the majority of people that we would all want in Parliament are not in Parliament. Yeah. Because look what happens to women, yeah. for one. Like yeah. this is why we don't have equality in representation. Yeah. It is the most brutal, misogynistic, racist, patriarchal oppressive space it is damaging to the soul to operate in a system that has lost its way yeah but but even like who the fuck is just like and in country a country of how many millions of people sure i can run that like who has that kind of level of audacity like narcissists i know if you're doing that job well you're going to be fucking hated by someone and there is no way to be liked by everyone. It's not possible. But that's where the, the leadership needs to come from. It's just like making tough decisions. 
Yeah. Just, Where does the leadership start? It doesn't. It's all about trying to get elected next time. It's Exactly. It's become similar to, I guess, you know, other Western democracies about short-term election, mm. electoral cycle planning and thinking. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not as bad as America where it just seems like it's just constant mm. um, over a, you know, four-year period. Mm. But it really brings us back to the lack of public intellectual space to really sort of stepping back and having a big think about where where we are at and the whole contextualization of at least since you know Reagan Thatcher Paul Keating this whole neoliberal agenda and the twinning of oppressive often colonial or post-colonial societies of democracy and capitalism mm. and the the rapacious kind of opportunism around the war on terror to bring these elements of Judeo-Christian Western democracy governance systems together with capitalism as a marker for what it means to be free, to have good lives and good worlds and societies right Mm, yeah Uh, yeah like I think we have to also look at it in that bigger sort of decade by decade yeah industrialization process over a a couple of hundred years really Mm. uh and and what we're seeing is the the system is totally already broken and and the evidence of that is in the human rights disasters, the climate disasters, the yeah. economic disasters, the oppressive behaviour to prop up these systems of so-called democracy and capitalism, which go together hand in yeah. hand now yeah. as one system, right? So, yeah, I really do think that this particular period of time is so incredibly difficult and also significant um, because going down the same pathway results in absolutely the annihilation of humanity and species on the planet. The planet itself may survive, recover, whatever, but we're talking about hundreds of millions of people and species dying. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or we make really huge structural changes like they did at the beginning of the steam engine and, you know, the industrial age to a different pathway. The problem is that the people that want to go down, continue down the same pathway are trying to impose the same structural systems on the new pathway. Yeah. 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 And so we have this conflict where Naomi um Klein? Naomi Klein in Everything Has to Change. Yeah. Talks about this. We are, we are now at a point of crisis that is asking us to change the system and the structure. Yeah. People like Elbow are trying to say we can have both. Yeah. And we just can't. And that is the problem is that political office is so hell-bent on corporate and power relationships rather yeah. than accountability to the actual community in which they say they represent and serve yeah. Yeah. that we are we are disempowered in this representative process. And I think you're right. I think it will get worse. Yeah. And, you know, when, when the people involved in this government look back when they're out of government and retired or on their deathbed, I really, really hope they have pangs in their hearts 
about the missed opportunities to actually change everything. Yeah. And and to know that anyone under 50 will go along with them. Yeah. Because we want to survive and we want our kids and the places we love and the parts that are so brilliant and amazing about being alive on the planet to continue, yeah. right? Yeah. Capitalism does not have to be a part of that. It's it doesn't mean we can't choose what we want from a supermarket. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like under communism, you'll only have one choice of peanut. Yeah. Like, All right, but also I might have a home. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a massive fan of communism as as a system anyway. But well, it I'm doesn't even like, have I'm to like, be that. No. It's like all it has to be is not for profit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like business can exist, money yeah. can exist, but you know, this this exponential growth of profit that is so incredibly tied to the psyche of white supremacy and the golden era yeah. and neoliberal politic. Growth at any cost and the exploitation of labor and, and mm. creating a class of people that is socially acceptable to exploit so that you don't feel so guilty about the exploitation. Yeah. I, I mean working I, living conditions. I actually think one of the the biggest problems that we face as the left movement at the moment is this incredibly dominant restraint from the right trust MAGA, cooker, right world that seems to have like globally clomped together in how it spits out messages and ideas is this absolute attachment to labeling basically a humanitarian framework and an ecologically sustainable framework for living in the world that is based on science, clear understandings around parameters of survival is labeled as somehow socialist, communist. The idea of operating in a world where there aren't rapacious profits where everything can still function and exist is somehow evil or yeah, I wonder who's saying that and I wonder why they're doing it it's just the most profoundly disturbing Orwellian yeah uh, misinterpretation yeah. of the world wars that we fought in part established a society based on social democracy as the dominant power yeah right yeah these fake arguments around left right socialism antifa yada 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 mm. used by the conservative and far right global movement to manipulate geopolitics and domestic politics is part of the problem yeah. what is wrong with saying we want everyone to be fed to have health care the left gets defensive of being left right mm-hmm. and bites at the the troll bait and in some respects that it has somehow delegitimized just these fundamental human rights to clean air clean water yeah <laughs> it's just like it's yeah it's, it's insane it is it, absolutely insane it kind like, of really freaks me out how is that even socialist it's just like common decency. I, and... I don't know. I have so many problems with like the, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I just, yeah, I won't. Mm. Social democracy only for the white people was good 
as soon as it becomes about everyone, it's suddenly like communism and evil wokeness and the far right in Australia are so unimaginative. They just spit out the shit that comes out of America. So we have this like incredibly fucking ill-informed uh, polarization of the very things that every single person, regardless of your side of politic, benefits from. It's very much about me and mine, not us and ours. What happens then is it becomes easy to do things like militarise refugee responses. Yeah. To criminalise those dissenting to these neoliberal practices. Yeah. It's laughable, but it's also incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And it it really enables people like the Labor Party, the federal and state Labor Parties, to hide behind their own historical movement on the left while absolutely deliberately and sometimes with, you know, uh, police and militarised force harming all of the people they claim to represent. I feel like empathetic to, you know, the growing number of people under 30 that are just like, I don't relate to the Labor Party at all. Yeah, or to the Liberal Party, or to the Greens. Or yeah, to like the they, they, yeah, because yeah. the the system is so yeah so caught up in the process of winning its power, it's not prepared to risk its power to actually change the future of the entire country in any real way. Yeah, I I don't know. Mm. I don't think the Labor Party is going to have a very nice time in government. I th- I think people are going to get really fed up with this kind of bullshit elbow rhetoric. While I'm talking to you, I'm looking at him in the Rio Tinto top. Yeah. Should we finish up with um with Elbow's last with his farewell and thank you? Yes. And like every other Labor government, we'll just widen that door a bit more. Friends, we have made history tonight. And tomorrow, together, we begin the work of building a better future. A better future for all Australians. Thank you very much. Slow clap, <gasps> elbow. Like, widen that door. <laughs> for what? For Rio Tinto. Like, <laughs> who are we letting in? Like, who's getting in the house? Adani. And particularly, like, bearing in mind everything that you've just said, it's it actually makes my stomach sick. Yeah. A better future for all Australians. I mean, the only hope I could see for the Labor Party in terms of being able to legitimately call itself a party of the left going forward Mm -hmm. would be if there was a massive grassroots membership rebellion across every branch Yeah, in the power spaces, yada, yada. But when you have people like the CFMEU... Yeah having so much power within the union space that is so connected, tied to the hip, to the Labor Party. Yeah. You know, you got to wonder if that's like, it's just like most of the old left Labor are dead or retired and the new Labor left are really the centre-right. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Shorten knives elbow in the back and takes over again, to be honest. Mm. He's more right than elbow even. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. Just like the CFME, you were doing all these weird flexes. It's just like, I, I don't know. But I just think it's it's pretty hilarious. Yo. Yeah, sorry. I'm like, 
it was funny before, but now it's just like, what the fuck are we going to do? It just feels so oppressive and and hopeless. The people that are working on specific areas of movement and issues opposing and holding Labor accountable, I think we're, we're currently in that stage where we have to just build commentary and public discourse against them mm. so so that it becomes something that's not scary to criticise them. Yeah. 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 I think there's a unity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that the historical record shows that quite often under Labor Party there is more protest, there is more industry resistance because it's in general considered that it's safer to do those things under historically under a Labor government. So some of the biggest union protests have been under Labor Party, right, governments, but it takes a while to build. So I kind of feel we're at the stage where they are revealing their hand. We are deciding the lines we're drawing in the sand around what we will fight them on. And I think they've revealed the level of oppression they will apply to, to climate activists because they know we're right yeah so this is like this is the space where i think we have to build political power in the grassroots community movements that threaten the major parties and this is what we saw around the independence the teals and the green votes within victoria last time so you know i think the only way through is the community actually removing the legislative and social license to proceed yeah at at this point australia is never gonna it's not a country that's ever gonna have a revolution you know and that way and i don't think anyone wants peter dutton in control over elbow you know yeah Practical radicalism is essential in the respect of like we still have to work out how to make the most of the system that we're in. But honestly, I I think maybe, you know, the dominance of the two-party system has been revealing itself over the last decade to be a problem, particularly around refugees, national security and climate. And the way that all of the independents and the little alliances have been able to be and independents have been able to be successful is they have recognized the areas in which both parties are actually negligent in major ways, you yeah. know? Yeah. Outside of the right pre-caucused sort of manipulated preference with whispering micro party shit that goes on on the right, which is gaming the electoral system basically. I don't think electoral politics are going to deliver at the pace and speed that the general population and community want. Or need. Yeah, or need. And, you know, I think we should all be really concerned about what happens when there's the next fires, the next floods, the next pandemic. Are we really going to let people trying to protect old growth forests sit in jail in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Prisons should not exist, but like. Yeah. Is that really a justifiable use of those spaces and those resources? It's just fucked. Is Elbow really going to go on television and be like, I respect everyone's right to protest, but in the way that we decide and also I'm acting on climate and here's my Rio Tinto top? Like, Yikes on a bike. So anyway, 
I so struggle growing, with. We're growing I, the independent movement. Yeah. We're connecting grassroots organizations and, and unifying grassroots organizations and supporting and empowering one another. All right, I feel a bit better now. Thanks for that. <laughs> and I And I also really think that the greatest, I guess, power that we have in the coming battles across the political landscape and environmental and social landscapes uh, is the act and the notion of solidarity, the recognition that you can't say you're acting on climate but support a corporation destroying First Nations cultural heritage sites. You can't host an award for independent journalistic investigation but be funded by a fossil fuel company. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's really the era of reassessing what is what is our moral and ethical boundaries in terms of uh, corporate relationships with our governance and social structures and cultural iconography. Yeah, fuck yeah. All right, everyone just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. I think we can, um, we finished Young Elbow's speech. So I think we can leave it there. I mean, oh, I really, I really urge Elbow to go back and listen to that speech. Yeah. And also whoever wrote that speech. Yeah. You, you might want to actually proofread, do some, do some line editing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that could have been Elbow's. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that we talked about in this episode, we've covered like in past episodes. So if you want to like have a look through back catalogs for a deeper dive. Um, but yeah, like, share, subscribe, do the the comments and the the stars, and I don't know, yeah, just whatever. I don't care. All right, thanks, Sam. It's always a joy and a pleasure. Yeah, really nice to sit and chat and have the time. Yeah, to do so, and oh god, I just really God, I hate elbow even more now. Yeah, yeah. Thank thank God for single mums. Otherwise, who would we have as a prime minister? 